The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The nursing industry is one of the fastest growing career forces in the world today. There are so many issues in the healthcare field these days relating to nurses that simply are not discussed in the media. Welcome to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with Leanne Meyer. Our program will help you with the most relevant information if you're in the nursing field or are planning to enter the industry. Now, here is your host, Leanne Meyer. Welcome to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing. I'm Leanne Meyer and your host. Thank you for all your emails, encouragement, and support for what we're trying to do here. I will be joined today by Lenore Rockler, a career strategist with more than 20 years helping people create a career in healthcare. We're going to discuss how to catch a career in nursing. But first, I'd like to uh, just back up a little bit. The premise of this show is to create a nursing community for dialogue on issues important to nurses. Nurses are the largest number of employees in the healthcare field, yet often find they're not consulted on important issues that involve them. Our first session on July 31st was an introduction to me and how I got involved in this program. If you missed it, you can still hear it by going to voiceamerica.com, health and wellness, and then my host page for Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. Today's show is pre-recorded, and so it's not possible to call in. My hope is that in the next few weeks, we will be live and taking your calls, listening to your thoughts, experiences, and suggestions. Please feel free to contact me on my email, leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com, and on my host page, if you have any suggestions or comments you'd like to make on today's show or for shows in the future. For this show, I wanted to just uh, give a little background here. Prior to 2008, hospitals were preparing for the grand exit of the boomer nurses. And I and many other educators were madly hiring new grad RNs from the BSN programs, training them over a year or more of uh, to give them some experience, and then supporting them with what we called seasoned nurse mentors. Then the major U.S. recession hit, and suddenly all of that stopped. Nurses in many hospitals were being laid off in alarming numbers. The ones remaining worried about being able to care for patients safely. Although the recession ended, supposedly, in the summer of 2010, the effects lingered on in the job market well into the 20-teens. Nurses who were either laid off or perhaps had been out of nursing for a period of time are now thinking about maybe coming back into nursing. And so today, uh, Lenore Rockler, uh, who is a career strategist, is going to be talking with me about how to catch a career in nursing going forward. So she's here to talk about the labor market, opportunities, we'll tell some stories. And uh, so Lenore, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? 
Sure. It's nice to be here. I appreciate your invite, Leanne. My interest in healthcare began actually in the 70s. I guess that means I'm old, not young. You're a boomer. <laughs> and I started working in a large staffing office for a very big hospital system in Minneapolis. And that's where I first uh, started seeing the importance of the role of an RN and, and how they cared for patients. Um, at that point in staffing, they developed a patient care system because there was always a cry for more nurses needed on the floor. And they, just to, for people who don't know what that is, the yeah. system then told the acuity of patients on the unit and how many nurses of which level they exactly. needed in order to, to be able to right. care for the patients for that shift. Yeah, after the end of every shift, um, they're uh, you'd get a count of how many people were up on the floor and how many nurses were needed to care for them. Exactly. So it was a, a way to try and um, take the subjectivity out of it. Yes. <laughs> out of, we need more help, because that was pretty much what everyone said back then. Exactly. Moving on to that, then, I became involved with nurses who were injured on the job, and that was actually through the workers' comp system. So I started working with nurses in the VA hospital system and some of the larger hospitals around town that had nurses who were injured, had back injuries and such, and it was my job to help them either find new work within the hospital or to uh, re-career their original career. Um, After that, uh, the latter part of my career, for about 15 years, I helped adults who were let go from employers where they had layoffs and were downsizing, and I actually worked with a couple of local hospitals here where they had a a really large number of people laid off from their positions. So um, that's kind of my background with nursing. I've always had an interest in that, and currently I am working as a career strategist, and I'm helping to teach the RN refresher class about job search strategies, interviewing, and also talking a great deal about labor markets and opportunities out there. Lenore and I actually met when I was laid off from a large hospital organization. Our government here in Minnesota, um, and we're not going to get into politics, but they had some disagreements about budgeting, and so they actually closed down the government in Minnesota for about three weeks, uh, ended up making the exact same agreement they had before they started, and it cost my company $18 million. And so many people were laid off, and I was one of those people. So I was uh, sent to talk with Lenore, and that was how we met. Um, <laughs> go on here. So you've had several perspectives of nursing over the years and, and of nursing roles. Uh, can you tell us more about that? Well, what I noticed early on with nurses is there seemed to be a certain type of person that gravitated towards the role of nursing, Um, the obvious being someone that that wanted to care for people. Um, So there was uh, an image set in my mind early on of the type of person that would be an RN or nurse in a hospital. But I wanted to look further into that, so I looked at um, ONET, which is an online tool that everybody can use. It's an occupational information network site. So it's onet.org. Right, right. And that's a really good website to kind of investigate different nursing careers, health careers, and such. And when you look into that website, you can find information on uh, the Strong Campbell interest 
that people have, and that's an inventory. inventory. Right, right. So I looked up the nursing one under RNs, and sure enough, I found that the code for nursing is um, SIC, S standing for social, um, I standing for investigative, and C for conventional. And the social aspect of nursing would involve where you're helping people and you're often communicating with others. And um, you could be an introvert or an extrovert, I would say, in that. Um, The investigative part means that you like to solve problems, which is really, really important, and you also generate ideas at uh, a lot of different times. The conventional, the C part of that Strong-Campbell code means that you often follow set procedures, probably like following set procedures. You work with data and details. And also, there's a clear line of authority. And that's certainly true in a hospital setting. It's probably less true when you get away from a hospital setting, wouldn't you say? Right. Um, there tends to be a hierarchy in nursing within hospitals. And many times, that conventional personality is, is somebody who likes that, that that works for them. Um, it's interesting you brought up personality because I've also worked with another personality inventory that is called Myers-Briggs. A lot of people are, are familiar with that because it's pretty much the oldest personality inventory. And that one is talking about the normal aspects of human beings and, and how they operate in the world. And what I noticed with that kind of supports what you just said. Uh, the 80% of people who are uh, interested in healthcare in general, but specifically in nursing, have what's called a sensing feeling preference. The sensing aspect is just like what you described for the conventional and for the investigative. Uh, there are people who really like to uh, find out the best way to do something, write up the policy and procedure for it. Uh, they like to not reinvent the wheel. They like to see what has been working and then utilize that um, as they go forward. And then if, if that doesn't work, they're able to come up with new ideas. Mm-hmm. So the feeling part of it is really important in nursing because it's people who are very comfortable with their own emotions and with the emotions of others. That feeling aspect is really about how they make decisions. But it also enters in when you're dealing with people at at their worst, probably. They've had a horrible uh, accident or an illness that's come into their family and they're uh, really struggling to be able to deal with it. So nurses who feel comfortable with people's emotions can often help them talk through and think through. So you can see that personality plays very strongly into nurses being good nurses. Yes, I would also point out, Leanne, that um what I've noticed and what seems to be true is I don't want people to think that there's only one personality type that can be a nurse. It's also important to understand that there's a lot of nurses out there that are introverts. They maybe think they're not people-oriented, but um, introverts do very well in a nursing career, and so do extroverts. There's a lot of different avenues and roles to be played out uh, within a hospital setting and beyond. 
Yeah. Of which, yeah. I am really glad you mentioned that. We're actually going to talk about personality at one of our later sessions. So uh, this is a good start for it in that it, it is important. When I was working in career development for nurses, one of the things I realized is that a good job fit is so important. So a lot of times people will look at extraneous details of, oh, what does the environment look like and um, how much am I going to be paid and what are the benefits and those kinds of things. But if the actual work is not something that is satisfying to you and fits your personality, it's probably not going to be a good job fit and you're going to end up leaving it. Right. Um, you know, when when you think about the origin of nursing, which Florence Nightingale comes into being, you have this image, completely different image of a nurse, and it maybe isn't the most attractive image uh, that you'd want to think about because they were total subservient, I would say, to uh, men in the field, especially and during wartime. And um, so that image has changed dramatically. And it's important for people to realize that that nurse with the white cap, is that's the image that I have of Florence Nightingale, is no longer around. And uh, that's an interesting thing, too, because it's really through the training of nursing. As nurses began to have more training, more education, more confidence, more leadership skills, and, and some of those kinds of things, taking more responsibility for individual patients has completely changed the environment and, and the work that nurses do. So that's, that's a really good point. So uh, I guess the bottom line to all this is please don't hesitate to think about your personality and how it fits into nursing because it isn't just one type of person that can do this type of work. And, of course, we're going to talk about pretty soon the various jobs out there and the various places that uh, nurses do work. Exactly. And there are there's room for all kinds of personalities, and we'll talk about that in just a little bit. We're going to stop here for just a minute and take a break. And so I just wanted to, again, thank you for listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. I'm Leanne Meyer, your host. Lenore Rockler has joined me. She's a career strategist, and we're talking about how to catch a career in nursing. So we'll be right back after this short break. Yes, thank you, Leanne. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. 
Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Hi, this is Leanne Meyer again, your host for Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. I'm talking today with Lenore Rockler. She's a career strategist, and we are discussing how to catch a career in nursing today. So we've just been talking quite a bit about different personality aspects of nursing. Wanted to talk uh, some more about what are some of the jobs that are available to nurses uh, currently. Right. I was just thinking about that image of Florence Nightingale <laughs> that we brought up. And I still remember, uh, you know, when I was younger, seeing a nurse, they always had this certain look about them. And uh, they don't even wear white anymore. <laughs> so if you don't like white, yeah. <laughs> don't worry about it. Nurses don't wear white anywhere anymore. In fact, <laughs> nurses are wearing scrubs a lot of times. They look worse than the housekeepers. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's convenient. They yeah. Don't have yeah. to wash clothes and get blood out of there. Yeah, and you don't have to wear those ugly white shoes if you don't want to. <laughs> yeah, some of that ritual kind of thing has really gone by the wayside along with the hat. Right. Um, so anyways, I've been doing a little more investigating, and as I continue to teach and help nurses uh, choose career paths, because there are so many different ones, I ran into, um, I just wanted to list out um, different settings beyond the hospital where nurses tend to work. Uh, nowadays, clinics, there's clinics are growing everywhere. If you drive anywhere in a big city, you'll see new clinic signs up. Especially the urgent care kinds of things, which is basically an emergency room, but separate from a hospital setting. So there are certain things they can right. take and certain things they can't take. Right. But it is, uh, again, uh, an interesting place to work, and many nurses are finding that very satisfying. Yes, um, you know, nurses that really want to shy away from that day, evening, night schedule. And every um, other weekend. Right. Probably want to get a, go into more of those settings because they aren't open 24-7. Well, actually, the urgent cares, I think, are. I, I'd have some, to check into that. Some. <laughs> yeah, the clinics that have right. um, uh, the yeah. after hours type things, they probably are not. Right. That's true. Um, other places where you will see nurses working, I worked with a, a nurse who had injured her back badly and she could not get anywhere near a hospital. And she ended up working for an insurance company as a triage nurse and she found it really quite satisfying. And um, at first she thought, oh my gosh, I cannot work in an insurance company and sitting at a desk. 
uh, was very contrary to what her original roots were as a nurse. But mm-hmm. she ended up enjoying the work because she really added value to mm-hmm. people's lives. And yeah. especially her experience right. could be utilized. Um, nurses that do that triage, I don't know if you realize it, but they have a computer program in front of them. Right. And it sort of uh, goes through, they ask a question if the patient says yes, they go in one direction. Right. If the patient says no, they go in another direction, etc. But if you really don't know what that disease process is, right. or you don't really understand what else could be going on in addition to what that um, computer program is saying, uh, you could be pretty lost pretty fast, and it could be pretty confusing for a patient. So having that experience behind them is amazingly helpful. Oh, I just thought of another person I know that went into that kind of uh, work, and her position is to actually influence people to take better care of themselves. Oh. And she speaks Spanish, heavy Spanish, and there's a lot of people out there in this country that speak that language, and so her goal was to help people really navigate their systems better so that they stay healthy longer, mm-hmm. and I found that to be a really interesting role that you could play behind the scenes, but still have an impact. It's interesting you mentioned that, too, because there's a lot of things now happening with so many immigrants and from many different countries that are coming into the country, and they come in with their own uh, culture of healthcare and how to how to take care of themselves and, and other people. And so nurses are finding they have to listen very well to patients because many times uh, it may seem like the patient wants to do something that's harmful to themselves, but when you really listen to them and get to the bottom of it, you find out that they're actually doing something that's perfectly fine. It just didn't look like it. I can give you an example. When I was working in labor and delivery, Uh, back when the Hmong patients first started coming to our country. And there wasn't such a thing as a translator. And so uh, we had um, uh, one patient, I remember in particular, that I was taking care of her postpartum, and she had had tremendous difficulty with blood pressure, uh, quite dangerous. And she kept asking for salt. And that was one word she could say in English, and she kept wanting salt. And I kept trying to explain to her that wasn't a good idea for her. And we went round and round and round. And finally, I was so frustrated, I just put the salt shaker on her her tabletop. And she took it, put it in her hand, and started rubbing her abdomen. So what she was doing was massaging her uterus to make it um, contract stronger and not bleed. So what she wanted the salt for was exactly what I wanted her to do is to be able to massage that fundus is what we call it of the uterus. And so once I finally understood what she wanted, it was perfectly fine what she was asking for. Well, it certainly sounds like uh, working in a setting like that, you get exposed to all kinds of different cultures. And, um, you know, I've noticed in your class, especially there's a lot of people from various countries that are coming into this country and wanting to work a nursing career. And they feel like they're, you know, not necessarily at an advantage, but in hospital settings these days, you get exposed to so many different cultures, they would actually probably be on the top of the list of getting hired, don't you think? Yeah, many ways, especially if there's a large uh, uh, community of that particular um, uh, 
language that she would be coming from, that would be an, uh, an incredible asset. In addition to that, you don't need to worry if you're somebody coming into nursing and you don't have more than one language because now there are um, phone calls, phones that we can call. All you have to do is just ask for the language you need and within seconds you're connected to somebody who could speak that language as well as English very well and they also have the medical understanding. So um, when I was in labor and delivery, again, those Hmong patients, many times they would come in and maybe the 14-year-old child child would be the one who spoke English, at least to some extent. And the crazy thing is it never occurred to me when I was talking to that child to talk to his mother, say a boy, uh, about um, during, dealing with care after having a baby, etc. It never occurred to me to think, what was he actually telling her? I mean, what would a little 14-year-old boy tell his mother about, say, perineal care or uh, breast care or something like that. Um, it was crazy what we were doing at that time, just assuming that our message was getting across. So now you have somebody who actually knows medicine, actually knows both languages well, and can speak and can explain both directions. So it's a much different world as far as languages go. Um, speaking of where nurses work, another place is in the hospice field, which really means wherever somebody is dying so that setting could be in a person's home it could be an assisted living it could also be in a hospital but hospice nursing is a whole area that's growing these days another thing that's happening is is set aside hospices also so anybody who is uh, a doctor has ordered that very likely within the next uh, six months that that patient could very well be dying Uh, that they can go to a hospice that is totally geared toward helping them and helping the families. What I used to find when I dealt, I worked in hospice at one point, is that many of the unresolved problems in that family all come to a head as mom or dad is laying dying. And so sometimes people, some of the children maybe have worked through their problems with it, some of them have not. And I've even seen people who were reluctant to have the parent leave because they felt like, you can't go, we haven't resolved this. So a hospice nurse is often has to be the person who can be kind of a counselor and a coach to, in a positive way, help that um, transition for both the children or the relatives and for that person who's actually dying. And that is a particularly um, uh, positive and feels like you've really accomplished something amazing when you're able to allow that to happen. Um, That's something I've been in that position many times and I just felt so good about being able to do that. It seems like that role um, is really heightened, especially since a doctor rarely sees the patient. Correct. And yet the doctor is the one that controls the medicine and the drugs that the patient is taking. So often the nurse involved has to really relay the importance of the suffering that's going on, the needs that are needed to make the person comfortable. So it's a position that, um, again, isn't for everyone, but it definitely has a, a huge impact on an entire family. In fact, I think when we look at television and movies, um, I mentioned this in the previous uh, segment that we did last week, Um, People often don't know what nurses really do 
uh, unless they are a nurse, know a nurse, or have been a patient maybe in a hospital. And there's a tremendous amount of problem solving that nurses have to do. And sometimes alone on the fly, maybe you're the only person in the middle of the night that they're holding the hand of that patient and trying to decide when is it time to call the doctor? When is it time to have the family there? You know, a million different uh, decisions that have to be made that people don't really realize that that right. is something the nurse is doing. I know we're talking a lot about this career path, but um, there is a growing need out there. I'm currently involved with my mother-in-law who's on hospice care. She has been for over a year and at least once or twice a week we hear from the hospice nurse, no one else, as to what is going on. How is the patient doing? What decisions need to be made? Uh, how do we keep this person on hospice? How, what, how do we make them more comfortable? Um, it's not written anywhere what the plans are, and the families are heavily, heavily involved in the decision-making. So uh, I encourage a lot of people to think about that. It's not as spooky as it sounds <laughs> uh, working with dying patients. Yeah, it can be very, very um, uh, warming. With the, that's not the word I want, but... Uh, Uh, it's heartwarming uh, to be able to be in a very difficult situation. In fact, I think I had said last week, one of the things I discovered when I left my obstetric position because of many, many injuries, I had to peel back the onion and find out what was it about that that made me love that job. And when I realized it was being able to help somebody do something they didn't think they could do, and not just be able to survive through it, but actually feel like it was a positive experience for them. And so when I realized that, I realized, well, there must be a lot of different places that I could utilize that kind of experience. Right. Beyond hospice care, or not beyond hospice care, I'd say one of the larger places out there that nurses work, I think, it seems to be uh, long-term care facilities, Mm -hmm. uh, formerly known as nursing homes. (laughs) So um, you will find a lot of nurses working in those facilities. And actually, nursing homes are quite different. Probably uh, what we used to call nursing homes might be a little closer to assisted living. Um, the what is in nursing homes a lot now tends to be what's called transitional care units and they are what we used to call in the hospitals med surge units so people um, who used to be on a med surge unit in a hospital are now on a transitional care unit so maybe they had surgery or they had some illness where they can't just go home and be cared for there they need to have some time from two weeks to maybe three months in a, in a tra- as they say, a transitional area where they can get physical therapy, they can have their medications given to them, they can get various kinds of treatments, etc. So what is now on med surge floors, medical surgical floors, is what used to be in the intensive care unit. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it's just really amazing you know, what can be done. Even now home care, they have w- what would be intensive care units at home for mm-hmm. certain patients that right. are chronically ill, right. never going to get well, but maybe they're on, um, they have a tracheostomy and they have uh, on a ventilator, they may have very serious medications, IV medications, uh, different things like that that have to be um worked on with them and that can be done at home now well i'm really glad that we talked a little bit more about the long-term care facility because it just occurred to me that probably if you go into facility now you'll be surprised to see it isn't just people waiting to uh, and be done with their lives it is there's a lot of rehabilitative aspects to it 
and um, it's pretty intensive work, I think. Uh, another thing kind of going along that is that the boomers are in no way interested in being in anything like what their grandparents were in in nursing homes. Uh, they don't want to be in a double bed, they, double room. They um, want to have much different uh, access to interesting things to do. And so there's some almost like luxury apartment type things that boomers are going into, which allow them to take virtual uh, vacations that you see a camera in anywhere in the world that's actually showing like the Sistine Chapel at that moment. Um, so there's just really amazing things that are happening and they need nurses in those areas because people do get sick and need help. Um, I also wanted to mention uh, the fact that there's uh, an awful lot of uh, military nurses out there and their benefits probably are um, amazing from what I hear. <laughs> That's certainly an area that people work. Um, school nurses are still around and they're, they need to be RNs typically. Um, and also, prisons. what? Prison nursing. Prison nursing. People don't think about, oh, you know, all those prisons, there are people who are aging there, they have complicated diseases. And so nurses actually work in prisons. And that, I understand, is really a whole other bag of, of work. Right, right. Um, I want to mention the hotel nurse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that's an area that's changing. I mean, the goal is obviously to save money whenever you can. And so hospitals, having people be in hospitals for a long period of time is changing. So um, anyways, I think we should talk further about that. Um, the, uh, there are many other places where nurses work and other positions that they play and the rules again are changing rapidly. Yeah, I wanted to mention I actually uh, have a friend that just did one of those uh, hotel nursing types of things uh, which was, I wondered many times when I hear about it I'm thinking, oh, what would a nurse think about this? But she actually had a procedure done and then was in a, a hotel. She loved it. She said it was very comfortable. She had a beautiful view outside of her window. She was able to um, go and talk with other patients who had had similar types of surgery to her when she'd be out and walking in the hallways. Uh, Food was a lot better and the cost was one quarter of what it would have been had she had the procedure and stayed in a hospital afterward. So those are things we don't often think about. Um, But yeah, people are coming up with amazing ideas. So we still have a little bit more time. Um, Well, I think, you know, actually, let's take a break here. I want to just kind of uh, remind everyone that we have been talking on the program, What's Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. And I'm Leanne Meyer. I'm the host. And I'm here with Lenore Rockler, who is a career strategist. She's been talking about some of the, the things she's been working with with nurses. We've talked about the type of nursing that is out there that maybe people wouldn't have even thought of. We're going to continue that conversation on the other side of the break. I want to thank you again for being able to listen to us. I'll look forward to hearing from you on my email, Leanne at leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com or on the voiceamerica.com page with uh, under health and wellness and my program name, which is again, once a nurse, always a nurse, uh, my host page there. 
So please feel free to let me know if there's suggestions or comments that you would like to make toward the show or ideas on how to be able to um, uh, new programs that we could do on the show. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Welcome back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Another Look at Nursing. I'm your host, Leanne Meyer. I'm here conversing with my friend, Lenora Rockler. She's a career strategist 
and we're talking about how to catch a career and what we've been talking about is unusual and different kinds of nursing careers that people may not have thought of. So it's not just in the hospital or even in a clinic anymore. So Lenore, did you have more that you wanted to share? Well, um, and my discoveries recently, I've run across a few new nursing career paths that I hadn't thought about too much, and I wanted to share that with you because I think they're interesting, and I think it just shows how diverse nursing can be. Um, what I'm seeing also here, and I'm going to just uh, name a few of the job titles out there that I saw. I've seen uh, surgical assistant nurses, uh, nurse practitioners, informatic nurses, and um, a lot of nurses are getting into... Could you say just a minute what an informatic nurse is? Yes. That might be one nobody's heard of. Yes. Well, it's kind of a combining IT information. That would be where you would be collecting a lot of data about healthcare and then having an impact on taking that data and maybe coming up with new procedures in a hospital setting or a clinic because they're very procedural oriented, as we know. And that's what an RN would be very... Um, adapt at that because they're used to that. Could that involve research also since oh, yes. we have so much right. data that's right. coming from all of these electronic records and such so somebody who liked research maybe that IT person yes. um, who is really into the conventional stuff and, and an investigative uh, or they would want to go delve more deeply maybe not so much wanting to be talking to patients and patient families but could really have that intellect to be able to put um, divergent things together and and all of that data putting it into some kind of meaning. Um, going back into my career where I was helping nurses that you know had physical problems and couldn't lift patients which is a small part of the job these days but um, I do remember a nurse going into that aspect where they were um, a clinical trial place and they wanted nurses there to run the trials, talk to patients, they were trying out different drugs. So drug companies is another place where a nurse could probably be very valuable, where they have to interview patients and try and figure out um, you know, how things are working for them or how things are not working for them. Mm -hmm. um, so another area uh, is the telephonic nurse which is kind of like a triage nurse, right? Mm -hmm. um, they're, uh, they often work for health insurance companies or clinics, have them, don't you think? Mm -hmm. um, That's yeah. kind of an interesting factor, too, where um, as Obamacare and um, the... Uh, um, uh, the ACA, I'm forgetting, the Affordable Care Act, um, they opened up lots more uh, opportunities for people in healthcare, doctors, and various different people. What we found was there weren't enough doctors, and so nurses started to move into some of those fields um, to do the work. And so you mentioned the triage nurse. So as a patient, you might start with the nurse on the phone who asks you all the questions and tries to determine if maybe she can just ask the doctor for medication and all you have to do is go and pick it up at the pharmacy. Or maybe that triage nurse says, you really need to come in and we're going to have you see a nurse practitioner. So that might be the first step. And then from there, maybe the nurse practitioner is, is suggesting uh, somebody who is uh, has um, uh, 
the doctor might be one of the people or maybe somebody who specializes in that person's particular area. So nurses can uh, work along the way, obviously less expensive than an, a doctor or a specialist and can many times um, be that bridge between the nurse and what else is needed for the patient. Right, that's true, Leanne. I was also thinking about the... Um there's some job openings that I saw recently in Minneapolis are listed, and I just kind of want to name them because they seemed a little unusual. Um, one is called Medicare Medical Review. <laughs> I imagine that's a growing yeah. field for, at the moment. Absolutely. Yeah. So that would be taking your, your nursing background and kind of understanding where this all fits. Another one um, is there's a lot of nurses that work for the state of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't realized that before. Nurse specialists. Okay. And then health coaches in an insurance company would be another one. You know, one I heard you say earlier that I thought would never have thought of, and that was people working on a set for a TV or a movie where nurses are either consulted when they're doing the writing and or when they're actually filming. That would be cool. Right, the Hollywood nurse. Yes, the Hollywood nurse. (laughs) Writing a script, and uh, we have no idea what their wages would be, (laughs) but depends on the show and how successful I suppose it was. I'm also interested, and and many people are, is what kind of benefits could a nurse expect and what kind of salary? Um, In the previous show, I talked about when I started nursing, I was getting $5.25 an hour working in an intensive care unit. Well, that was before unions, and unions have changed things tremendously. Also, the need for nurses and um, the, uh, the, the abilities of nurses to be able to u- be used in many different ways. And so salary has risen unbelievably. Yes, that's true. Did you know that the median uh, wage for a nurse in the United States, this is according to the Bureau of Labor and Statistics, is 68,000. Wow. And so that's just the mid-range. Yeah. And then, of course, it goes up and down from there. Yeah. yeah. I've heard of even people nurses starting, so this would probably be BSN nurses, Bachelor of Science nurses, um, who are starting in the $40,000 range, which is an incredible amount of money for a female position or mostly female position. Um, the thing with the numbers, and, and I think you said that that can go up a lot from that. What would be some of the other numbers you might expect? Well, I was seeing um, IT nurses uh, having a median wage of 120000 Anytime you start getting into the um, uh, information technology field, you're going to see wages going up quite a bit. Um, I wanted to mention another position out there that has some subheadings, the forensic nursing position. Oh. I thought that was quite interesting. And there's actually certifications you can get in that area. And some of the headings I saw underneath it were called crime lab analyst, forensic psychologist, forensic science technician, crime scene investigator. Apparently, a nurse background is a good background for some of those positions. And I thought it was interesting that there's actually uh, certifications out there for nurses. 
oh, for many different things, those are pretty unusual and ones I would not have heard of. But pretty much any position, even within a hospital or in a clinic, many nurses have to be certified for like obstetric nurses, uh, nurses that help with breastfeeding, um, ICU nurses, I mean, you name it, uh, working with cancer patients. Each of those have now been further defined by a certification. And of course, that certification brings along with it a higher salary and sometimes different and better benefits. Right. So, um, it, boy, it, it's amazing if you look back from when I started and when you started, um, how nurses have become more valuable in our society everywhere. And um, it's good to know that uh, if you're entering back into the field, you can realize that you don't have to wear that white nurse's hat anymore. (laughs) Uh, I was unusual in that I worked so hard for that white nurse's hat, I decided I was going to wear it no matter what. And then I started working, you know, working around patient beds and curtains around beds, and it it just was horrible. So I think it took me about six months, and I abandoned the nurse's hat. I'm still interested kind of in the marketplace. Sure. And I'm wondering how would nurses find out about what's available or, you know, maybe they they don't even know where to start. Well, that's a good question. I mean, I'm a big fan of ONET, Occupational Information Network, out there um, because you can actually find labor market information there. And what I discovered was um, the projection outlook for nurses in the future And we're talking about RNs specifically. The growth is supposed to be at 16%, and that's a pretty good growth rate. Um, It's going to grow faster than average. And that's that's all positive for people that want to get into the field. Um, The reason why nurses are growing or, or the need for nurses is growing are threefold. One is the emphasis nowadays seems to be much more on preventative care. And do you want to speak a little bit about that? Yeah, actually, um, many times people will, uh, there's so much discussion that's going on out there right now about healthcare, and it's so confusing for people who are not involved in healthcare. So uh, the, the focus of the Affordable Care Act and Obamacare, which some people don't realize is the same thing, um, is, was on prevention. Because when you think about it, if you could get somebody uh, to care for a situation at the very beginning of a problem, say if somebody has asthma, if you can catch that when they first start to have difficulties, rather than they go to the point where that asthma is affecting all parts of their life, um, maybe different organs are being impacted, diabetes is probably a big one. They often say that every other disease is phenomenal nominally impacted by if you have diabetes or not. So if you can start at the very front end of that with preventative medicine and helping people to take care of themselves better, they don't get to that very expensive end where they have organ failures and amputations and cardiac and um, nerve problems that go on and on and the care is enormously expensive. So that's what we're trying to do And unfortunately, the care that's being talked about now is talking about taking away that preventative care. And that's a real concern uh, from nurses and hopefully for patients to realize. 
Great, great. And it's um, important to realize, I'm sure most of you realize this, that healthcare care ba- uh, is going to grow just for the fact that baby boomers are living longer and they're living more active lives. And there's actually currently a shortage of doctors out there mm-hmm. in many different areas, in mental health, in clinics, in hospitals. Uh, there's a shortage in radiology. Um, and so nurses... Rural areas. Yeah. Um, many times, especially those of us who live in the cities, uh, don't tend to think about what's going on out there. But I have a mother that lives in a very small town, and their hospital has nearly gone under so many times I can't even tell you. But they have now combined with a larger hospital in a large, um, uh, close-to-them uh, city, and so they are able to have... Uh, people come out from that larger hub that uh, are more specific specialties, etc., so that someone like my mother who's 90 doesn't have to be traveling long distances to get to a hospital. It allows the hospital to stay open and functioning for all of those minor type things that are going on in the immediate vicinity of that small town. Um, Those are things that could go away uh, if we do not have adequate funding for all of those needs. Right. I mean, you can see the role of nurses with ourselves. When we go to the doctor, you take friends or people. Uh, you notice these days that the doctor is the last person that you see. That's right. <laughs> and they used to come in for five minutes five because minutes. that's all they have. Yeah. And the nurse is there um, really gathering the information, making evaluations, even making recommendations. And then the doctor seems to come in. I've had several experiences like this myself recently and go, oh, hi, doc. <laughs> and they basically approve or disapprove uh-huh. of the plans that were already talked about. Mm-hmm. So it is all about money and how to use it more effectively. Sure. And some of that discussion goes on with the nurse and the doctor away from the patient. And the nurse, bring, nurse brings that information back to the patient. So, uh, yeah, again, that, that uh, and I think sometimes patients really like that because the doctor might tend to get into more jargon whereas the nurse may be more aware dealing with patients all the time to keep the language at a level that that patient can really understand. Um, yes, Leanne. I mean, I, I, it seems like we've talked a lot about different areas of nursing right now, and um, I hope people are encouraged to think about getting back into nursing if they've been away for a while. In your class, um, I'm amazed to see older people my age <laughs> going back into nursing and they're afraid but yet they don't have little kids running around at home or families their families are already settled so there's a lot of avenues right now that uh, people should reconsider going back into nursing if they ha- if they thought no they can't do that anymore because they don't want to work the night shift exactly when we're looking at uh, a lack of nurses that's going to be a whole group of people that I don't know how much they've been thought of as being a group to tap Um, they can be pretty easily brought up to date on the the technical aspects what they have is wisdom life experience uh, understanding of people being able to maybe be more patient. There's a whole realm of things they bring to the job uh, along with uh, a good work ethic. They know the job, they love the job, and they want to do the job. I haven't really mentioned too much before, but part of how I got into this program was because I started teaching uh, an RN refresher course. 
And in that group, I found there were people that were coming that maybe they've been out of nursing for two years, or perhaps they've been in a situation where they went to nursing school, uh, maybe got married the next day, had a bunch of kids, and now 20 years later, the kids are all gone off to college, and they're thinking, you know, it's time for me to do something that really feeds my my joy and my uh, the things that I really want to do and so many people are coming into nursing for that and I really want to encourage more nurses out there to consider it so um, we're coming to the end of this program and I wanted to just thank Lenore so much for coming in um, I know thanks could, for having me <laughs> I think we could talk hours and hours about this subject there's just so much and so many stories that we could talk about um, so maybe we could have you back on if we get some questions from people. That might be something that we could do. Okay. So, again, this is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Another Look at Nursing. And my, my guest has been Lenore Rockler. We've been talking about how to catch uh, a nursing job or nursing career. But um, next week, we're actually going to talk to some of my nurses that are in my nursing class, my refresher nursing class. And uh, I think that's gonna be a lot of fun to hear a variety of people, why they went into nursing, why they got out of nursing for a while and why they're coming back into nursing. So I hope that you will uh, check back in with us and uh, listen to us next week. Same time, Monday, it's 10 o'clock Pacific time. And I look forward to um, having another program with you. Thank you for listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with your host, Leanne Meyer. Be sure to join us again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a productive and insightful week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.